The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Enhance Your Health, Eliminate Medical Emergencies. Would you believe that according to the 2014 National Diabetes Statistics Report, 29.1 million people have diabetes in the United States? a disease that can affect many parts of the body and is associated with serious complications, such as heart disease and stroke, blindness, kidney failure, and lower limb amputations. Diabetes can be treated and managed by healthful eating, regular physical activities, and medications to lower blood glucose levels, Still, every 30 seconds, somewhere in the world, someone loses a limb as a result of diabetes. My show today is, um, I'm going to start calling this show once a month, the uh, Dr. Sean Carpenter Show. Dr. Carpenter is a board-certified emergency physician. I've talked him into being a regular guest on the show, and while it's not counterfeit electronic components, um, there certainly is enough counterfeit in the medical industry uh, to tie in a little bit, but more importantly, the show is working together for your safety, and in my, uh, in my humble opinion, what Dr. Carpenter offers in information and knowledge is uh, worthy of at least one show a month, and uh, I've got him talked into that. So before I go any further, uh, I want to welcome Dr. Carpenter to the show. Thank you, Stan. It's a pleasure to be here. And we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, join us and, and share, as I said, share knowledge and information with all of us. Um, you know, I, I I need to take just a second before we go any farther and uh, remind people that we do have a call-in number. We do have open lines if you're listening today and have any questions for the doctor or myself. You can uh, call in at 866-472-5787. Again, that's 866-472-5787. Our show isn't possible without our uh, sponsors, and uh, I'd like to just take a a minute here to uh, once again recognize our platinum sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. They provide uh, consulting, business quality management consulting, training, and software tools 
You can find them at www.bqpm.com. Uh, Secure Components, LLC. They specialize in finding hard-to-find uh, hard and obsolete materials for uh, companies that have the older equipment. They do a lot of work in the military uh, supply chain world. You can find them at www.securecomponents.com. We have uh, three bronze sponsors as well. C-Trends, Supply Chain Specialist, www.ctrends.com. Concord Components at www.concordcomponents.com and Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Conference. That's a group down in Australia. I uh, just happened to have been down there in July and had a wonderful time with them. Uh, you can find them at www.agingaircraft.com.au. That's aging with an E. Um, so we we've got the, uh, the the basic advertisements out of the way for a minute here, Dr. Carpenter. Uh, I want to get back to you, and uh, certainly uh, for the folks that haven't heard me speaking with Dr. Carpenter or Dr. Carpenter on this show, Dr. Carpenter is the medical director for Wound Medics and the chief medical officer for Heal Tech LLC, a board certified emergency medicine physician. Uh, and Dr. Carpenter's expertise includes program management and uh, telemedicine. In addition to being a uh, just an all-around nice guy and a, a doctor that you can actually talk with. So, and before I before I uh, go much farther, uh, trying to to pass on the accolades, Dr. Carpenter, once again, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Um, let's see. We we've. Now, we talked a bit about you on the last show and some of the things you've done. And I think there's one thing as we kind of warm into the show today that I'd like to uh, expose to folks and perhaps get you to talk just a little bit about. Uh, you're down there in Louisiana, just outside of uh, New Orleans. And I understand that you uh, you were very involved with the uh, Hurricane Katrina, uh, uh, Katrina. Um, the aftermath of that, or perhaps uh, actually during it, and you got involved with with helping folks in that uh, particular situation. And maybe we get you to talk just a couple of minutes about what you were doing then. Yeah, um, you know, it was uh, ten years ago, um, uh, uh, last August. Uh, it was ten years ago that Hurricane Katrina. A hit back in 2005, and um, uh, I was an emergency medicine physician working at a, a local hospital. I just graduated from uh, Charity Hospital, which is where I did my residency program for emergency medicine in New Orleans. And uh, you know, I learned trauma as well as um, uh, emergency medicine down there. And uh, I I started practicing um, about 30 miles north of of New Orleans uh, across Lake Pontchartrain is where I started practicing uh, emergency medicine uh, in a, an emergency room that was, uh, you know, right across the bridge there from, from New Orleans. And, um, and so during Katrina, I was, uh, I was in the emergency room and uh, my, my wife and my uh, six month old daughter uh, were in the hospital as well. And, uh, you know, we were just trying to ride out the storm and, uh, so we lost the power 
and uh, went, went on generator power and the generator failed for a little bit and then kicked back on. And so in the hours and days after Katrina, uh, we had uh, uh, just endless helicopters from New Orleans uh, evacuating patients and dropping them off in our parking lot uh, and in our emergency room. And so that lasted for, for days after Katrina. Um, so I you know, learned a lot about uh, practicing medicine in less than ideal conditions, um, uh, operating with uh, limited resources, limited communications, uh, cell phones wouldn't work. Um, only one type of cell phone worked and that was a, uh, it was actually the Nextel, um, walkie talkie, uh, uh, feature. I, re- I remember those phones fondly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the only way that anybody could communicate. Um, and so uh, it was. It was just a very, very stressful time, and uh, you know, I just saw a lot of uh, a lot of uh, sadness and a lot of uh, devastation. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a decade later, and New Orleans is thriving, and the communities have been rebuilt, and uh, you know, it's a real success story as far as the people coming together and uh, in, in the middle of devastation and tragedy, and, and working as a team to uh, uh, to get through it. So. Um, you know, my, my family made it through, and and uh, and just happy that uh, you know my hospital survived. One, one of the hospitals I worked in, um, my very first wound care uh, center was destroyed by Katrina in New Orleans East. So I'd actually been there for about a year, and uh, so that that was destroyed, and, and so that was tough. Um, I have to start over in wound care, but, um, yeah, it's all part of just, uh, you love what you do. You know, I found another center and, and now I've got a, I've had a career in wound care for, for, uh, over a decade. Well, that, that brings me to, uh, perhaps my, my first question. And that, that one, um, it was, is really sharing with our audience, who Dr. Carpenter and wound medics are and why your team of recognized experts in the specialized field of medicine, um, why do you do what you do? I mean, that's, that's you know, until I met you, I, I knew about wounds, uh, sort of, kind of knew about wounds. I obviously knew about uh, diabetes. Uh, family itself has... Uh, has diabetes and various members of my family. So I, I'm familiar with some of the issues of it, but I had not really understood the the depth that this can take, uh, the depth that diabetes can, can actually reach. And so, uh, again, you've got a team of experts in wound medics, and uh, I'd like to kind of expose a little bit, if you would, uh, what wound medic is and uh, how your team operates down there. And where, well, where all is your team? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of questions there, and I'll, I'll try <laughs> to take one. Um, so Wound Medics is a group of uh, wound specialists. Uh, we practice wound medicine uh, as opposed to wound care. Uh, wound medicine is the science of, of treating and, and healing wounds. Um, we have physicians, nurse practitioners, WOCNs, um, otherwise known as uh, specialized wound care nurses, Um technicians, uh, administrators, just a whole team of people who are dedicated to healing wounds. Uh, traditionally, wound care has been something that has involved just putting dressings on wounds and, um, you know, 
sort of maintaining wounds. Um, and, and what Wound Medics does is Wound Medics actively heals the wound with advanced treatment modalities. Um, and so uh, we use uh, science as well as we use some natural products as well, um, uh, things that are proven to heal wounds faster. And uh, the organization is dedicated to healing wounds as fast as possible in the most cost-effective way, uh, especially in this new environment where, um, uh, you know, uh, insurance companies are paying for less and less, and, and there are more and more patients with diabetes, and therefore more and more patients with wounds. The wound problem is just getting worse, and therefore uh, is a need of, of more targeted therapies um, more of a science as opposed to just uh, a general um, treatment of wounds, which is really what's been going on for decades. It's just wound care has sort of been an afterthought in American medicine. Yeah, when I when I think of wounds, uh, again, this this prior to meeting you, um, I've thought of wounds as as being a sore that uh, just didn't quite get better very quickly, and a band aid and some. Uh, Bacitracin or something was was what I needed. Uh, is there a way without seeing the pictures, which are quite graphic? But is there a way to describe what you're really talking about when you talk about wounds? Yeah. So I mean, you know, wounds in the emergency room, like, hey, I was gardening and I cut my finger on some shears, or I was riding a bike and I fell off and I got some road rash. I mean, those those are more acute wounds. So. You know, on normal, healthy people, acute wounds will heal, uh, you know, just with some basic topical treatments, a Band-Aid, um, and, and those wounds typically don't have any trouble healing. But in the diabetic population or in patients that uh, are immunocompromised, uh, smokers, um, you know, the population that, that has uh, problems healing their skin, um, you know, skin being the largest organ in the body, uh, you know, these wounds can, can linger for years. And so, you know, really an acute wound, something that you, you get in an accident or something, you know, usually lasts two or three weeks and then it's fine. And a chronic wound, you know, you still have a, a wound after a month um, and, and then two months, three months, and it's not getting better. It's, it's just sort of there or in a lot of cases getting worse. Um, that's what we do. We treat chronic wounds. Um, and, and those chronic wounds don't heal because there's an impediment to wound healing um, uh, in the patient. For instance, diabetes destroys the small blood vessels that feed the skin. And as a result, uh, diabetics who get skin injuries are very slow to heal. Uh, same thing with smokers. Uh, a lot of plastic surgeons will not even operate on patients who smoke because the damage it does to the skin makes uh, cosmetic surgery uh, very difficult. It's very hard to achieve a, a, a positive outcome. So, you know, really when you look at, at chronic wounds, you're, you're looking at patients who have an underlying cause or reason uh, not to heal. Um, and, and that could be many things. Uh, some, is, some medications that they take can prevent healing. For instance, people who take steroids. Um, and I don't mean steroids to become big baseball players. <laughs> steroids for autoimmune disorders, um, you know, they, they have a hard time healing. Um, patients who've had uh, radiation treatment to treat their cancer, well, that radiation beam, when it hits the skin, um, can destroy those small blood vessels feeding the skin as well. So, um, 
the, the overall mechanism is usually the same or similar um, as, as diabetics, which is, you know, that, that high blood sugar for years and years and years uh, causes a, a gradual uh, eroding of those blood vessels and destruction of those blood vessels that feed the skin. So uh, it's not just like, oh, well, one day my blood sugar was 400 because I ate three candy bars. Um, you know, that one day isn't what causes the damage to the skin. It's, it's 10 years of not controlling your blood sugars. Um, and, and that goes on to, to destroy the, the ability of the skin to heal. It causes blindness. It causes uh, uh, kidney failure, heart disease. Um, I mean, diabetes is just a, an amazingly effective way to destroy the human body um, if it were a uh, uh, if it were weaponized by a military, uh, diabetes would be a weapon of mass destruction. Wow. With, with yeah, I'm, I'm taken back a little bit by that because um, you touched on something that my father had myasthenia gravis and was on steroids for many years, actually uh, dealing with that, and he he never. He never actually had open sores, but his skin was extremely uh, thin and almost anything would cause it to tear. Uh, so I guess that kind of ties into the same thing you're saying here. Yeah, that's a classic, uh, we call it tissue paper skin, um, and that, that happens when you take uh, steroids for a long period of time. A new way for the courts to figure out who's taking steroids, maybe? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the different kind of steroids, but uh, you know, also as, as the body ages, um, as people get older, um, there are these little um, adhesions between skin cells. Uh, they're actually called reek pegs, R-E-T-E, reek pegs, and those reek pegs connect one cell to the adjacent cell. And as you get older, those those pegs flatten out, and as they flatten out, the skin becomes thinner and thinner. And so, um, you know, you look at a 95-year-old skin, and a lot of times it's very thin. It tears very easily. And, and then, of course, a lot of 95-year-olds have diabetes. And so then that tear, skin tear doesn't heal, and it becomes a, a chronic wound. Um, and so it's usually multifactorial. There are many reasons why wounds don't heal. Um, sometimes it's just one cause, but usually it's many causes. Interesting. Dr. Carpenter, we need to take a short break for radio station identification. Uh, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back with Dr. Carpenter and more about enhancing your health eliminate, to eliminate medical emergencies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Does your company support U.S. government contracts? What have you done since May of 2014 to comply with the Department of Defense's DFARS requirements? These rules have changed the way all members of the supply chain procure electronic components and conduct business. Failure to comply can subject your organization to unquantifiable legal and financial liability. Visit SecureComponents.com to learn how the first AS6081 certified company leverages this new standard to support your need for obsolete electronics. AOG, line down, current supplier cannot deliver, then call Secure Components. 
We specialize in sourcing hard-to-find and highly allocated electronic components, hardware, and military aerospace parts. We can locate and test your items to ensure you're getting authentic parts every time, and we can deliver when you need them. Our supply chain management consists of decades of experience and works with trusted sources to locate your products when you need them most. Go to securecomponents.com and tell us what you need today. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Aging Aircraft Australia is a non-profit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets. Challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Enhance Your Health, Eliminate Medical Emergencies. Been talking with Dr. Carpenter. This is going to be called, uh, as I said earlier in the show, I think I've convinced the doctor to uh, join me at least once a month to uh, talk about things that help us in our uh, in our general health. Uh, I kind of look at that as working together for for your safety. Uh, today we're talking about. Uh, a report that came out recently, uh, 2014 National Diabetes Statistics Report, 29.1 million people that uh, have been reported with diabetes in the United States. And we're talking about the disease, how it affects uh, the human body a little bit, uh, particularly on wounds that it creates. Dr. Carpenter was just talking about the effects of diabetes on the skin. I'm not going to try and be a doctor here, but... Uh, I wanted to pursue that and talk a little bit, if we could, Dr. Carpenter, about the uh, 
I guess the question is, is it fair to assume that most of the people that have diabetes will at some time have problems with wounds uh, that won't heal, or is this um, not as big of a, an issue? Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do we look at that? Is this something that everybody winds up getting at one time or another? Well, I mean, diabetes itself is becoming more and more common. Uh, the longer people live, um, I, you know, they say, uh, you know, if you live long enough, you'll, you'll uh, end up with diabetes. And if you're a male, you'll end up with uh, prostate cancer. So uh, just a matter of time. So uh, uh, same with hypertension. So, uh, you know, diabetes is on the rise, uh, whether it be because of the American diet or lifestyle. Um, it's multifactorial. Uh, and then as diabetes is on the rise, uh, diabetic uh, ulcers, particularly diabetic foot ulcers, are on the rise. And anywhere from 5 to 10% of people with diabetes will uh, have diabetic foot ulcers. So, uh, you know, more and more people are experiencing this. And uh, as more people become educated about the symptoms of diabetes, um, hopefully it will lead to more people actually checking their feet every day when they wake up. Uh, we tell diabetics and every morning, presumably, you get up and you brush your teeth every single morning. And uh, diabetics need to get up and every morning uh, when they get out of bed, um, they need to examine their feet and have a mirror where they, they put their feet over a mirror so they can see the bottom of their feet and make sure they don't have a new wound. Um, because diabetics get something called diabetic neuropathy where they lose the sensation in their toes and in their feet. So, uh, you know, they could... Uh, be great at uh, firewalkers. They could walk across hot coals and not even feel it because uh, they don't have the, the nervous sensation um, on the, on their feet. So uh, that numbness or or diabetic neuropathy uh, really uh, it's concerning because it, you know these patients get wounds and they don't even know it, and then they'll walk on a on a wound for weeks, if not months, and not have a clue that they even have a wound. And by that point, the trauma and the damage that's happened uh, to the foot is so great that patients end up with an amputation. So, uh, you know, really identifying whether or not a patient has diabetes to begin with is, is very important. And, and in general, those symptoms include uh, uh, increased urination, um, uh, unexplained uh, weight loss. A lot of times they... Uh, Patients will just urinate so much because of the high blood sugar um, that uh, they'll they'll start losing weight uh, for un unexplained reasons. Um, numbness in the uh, feet and in the uh, in the fingers, um, kidney trouble, heart trouble, um, uh, blurry vision. Diabetes affects the uh, the retina and can cause uh, difficulty with vision. So uh, many, many symptoms of uh, this, this terrible disorder, um, and, and people can exhibit one symptom or, or all of them. I mean, I've had patients uh, 60 years old who uh, I diagnosed with diabetes who'd actually been having the symptoms for uh, a year or two, and they just it came on gradually. So they didn't uh, they didn't think to go get it checked out, but um, you know, by the time you have a wound, uh, your diabetes is usually pretty advanced because that means that you've, you've probably lost sensation in your feet and, um, and a lot of other things have happened throughout your body uh, with those high blood sugars over the years. So with that in mind, if 
if I'm watching, and I've again, I uh, one of the great things about living a period of time is you get to meet and and run into a lot of situations. Uh, I actually have my wife's nephew who is, I think he's not yet 30, and he is now on insulin for diabetes. Uh, so it it's not something that's just for eight people at a certain age, I guess. This, this comes into uh, being regardless of age. Well, there's type 1 diabetes and there's type 2 diabetes. And so type 1 diabetics are typically young. I mean, they can be very young. I mean, they can be 10 years old um, and be diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, and then, you know, type 2 is something you develop over time. And you might not find out until you're 60 years old that, that you're a type 2 diabetic. Um, so, you know, obviously people who have diabetes starting when they're very young, um, they've got a, a real... Uh, battle ahead of them because they need to make sure they control those blood sugars um, for the rest of their lives. And so um, that's why it's so important for young diabetics to get the right habits early, um, have the right diet, uh, the right medications, and control those blood sugars so that 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 damage doesn't happen over time. I mean, diabetics uh, who are young, who learn the right habits and and, uh, um, have the right diet and so forth, they they can live a full life. You know, it's definitely not a death sentence. They, they, if they control their blood sugars and keep them within range, they can, they can live just as long as anybody else. But, um, you know, just like uh, somebody who doesn't get diabetes till they're 60, um, if that person then doesn't control their blood sugars and doesn't take their medicine, um, they can shorten their lifespan tremendously. So, you know, really, just like anything, the patient bears uh, a good amount of responsibility uh, to not only uh, be compliant with the treatment plan, but, um, you know, to be uh, proactive. When we talk about um, the the diabetes or anything else that uh, causes the, the wounds, the, the chronic wounds that you're speaking of, is it something that, other than watch, you know, paying attention to your body, and as you pointed out, uh, you know, as a, as part of the daily routine, looking particularly at one's foot, um, is there anything else that would help me as either a parent, a friend, uh, a guardian, to recognize something like this uh, in a in somebody else, short of going to doctors? I mean, short of exams. You know, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, it, it, it can be a silent killer in many ways. Um, uh, you know, the symptoms, you know, if you hear somebody talking about their feet are numb or, or their fingers are numb or they're having blurry vision or, uh, you know, a lot of it is genetic as well. If you know that someone has uh, diabetes in their family, um, you know, getting their, their blood glucose checked a good fasting blood glucose to make sure that, that it's not running high, getting a hemoglobin A1C, um, which is a type of uh, blood test that, that really can tell if you've had high blood sugars for a period of months. Um, but, you know, really it's communication. You know, a lot of patients just don't think that uh, their symptoms are important enough to uh, talk about or discuss. And if your friend or family member doesn't 
discussing symptoms, it's, it's not easy just to look at someone from across the room and say, hey, I think you have diabetes. Um, you know, they, they've got to tell you about their symptoms. Okay, so <laughs> you really have to talk to people to, to, to get a clue as to what's going on. I, I can recognize in old folks, and I've seen this, and I'm sure many of us have, where our friends and loved ones don't talk about it because they're afraid of being considered a hypochondriac or, or something of that nature. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge to help folks from that standpoint. I'm sure you've had more than one patient that has come in feeling at the end of their uh, at their ropes, and I'm wondering if there's any any of them that you can remember that were particularly um, shareable. I guess is the the word I'm I'm looking for. Something that you could share with the audience, uh, and I'm thinking perhaps about some of the folks out there that might be listening that. Uh, are suffering but don't know, you know where to go or what to do? Well, uh, you know, obviously due to the HIPAA uh, concerns, I, I can't talk uh, specifically about right. it. But um, yeah, I, I've just had patients that were shocked when you know we, we told them that they have diabetes. Um, you know, it's just something that they really hadn't seriously considered it, you know, and sort of, oh, well, I, I thought... You know, I eat very healthy. How could I get diabetes? Um, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, diabetes is something that happens only to young people. Um, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, uh, and, you know, diabetes can hit anybody at, at really any time. Um, and like I said, there, there does seem to be some something in the American lifestyle that uh, gives us a high rate of diabetes, especially certain cities in in uh, in, the, in the United States. Um, New Orleans being a high percentage of diabetics. Uh, San Antonio's got a high percentage of diabetics. Um, but, you know, there's, there's other places in the world that you wouldn't think but have uh, high incidence of diabetes as well. Um, uh, Dubai actually uh, has one of the highest rates of diabetes. Um, so go figure. I mean, so there is a, seems to be a, a genetic component. It also seems to be a, a dietary component and cultural um, habit component. So, uh, you know, people are often surprised um, when they find out that they have diabetes and, and they kind of go into the denial form because it, it's an insidious uh, disease. It's not something that, uh, it's not like a heart attack where, you know, somebody has a heart attack and it's so painful and they almost die and, and then they, they get through it and then they'll quit smoking or they'll, they'll eat foods low in cholesterol because it was such a traumatic event. Right. Well, diabetes isn't like that. It's very um, slow and progressive and, you know, um, it's kind of like the, the old story about, uh, you know, boiling a frog. Um, you know, you, you know, the, the frog uh, will sit there in the pot and um, in, the, in the cool water and then as the water gets hotter, uh, you'd think the frog would realize it's in danger and jump out of the pot, but uh, because the, the temperature is changing so slowly, um, you know, by the time it gets to 150 degrees, uh, the frog is boiled and dead. Um, kind of a morbid example, but that's sort of what happens with diabetics is that they, uh, for many years, they have high blood sugars and they 
because they they uh, it, it's not some extremely painful event. And actually, in actuality, it, it decreases pain, it takes away painful sensation from the feet um, and the extremities. So it, it's not seen as a um, as a life threatening problem. But when when patients uh, do start seeing amputations of other diabetics or they experience a, a toe or foot or leg amputation themselves, then there's a certain percentage of those folks that get that wake-up call and realize, wow, I need to control my blood sugar. I need to take my diet. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of reminds me as, as you're talking about the frog and, and this particular piece about my uh, approach towards exercise. I, I still claim I'm going to do it one of these days. We're going to take a uh, short break for radio station identification. We're just coming up on that. Uh, We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. The world has changed. You need a trusted supplier that mitigates risk at every stage of manufacturing. C-Trends utilizes provenance marking technologies to provide a unique security solution when addressing the challenges of supply chain security. Item pedigree, brand protection, and theft. In these times of fraud and counterfeiting, customers depend on C-Trends for a higher level of trust and service when it comes to their supply chain needs. Visit our website at ctrends.com for more information. Aging Aircraft Australia is a nonprofit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets. Challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. 
Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace, defense, and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at StanSalat.com. Again, that's Stan at StanSalat.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Salat. Our show today is Enhance Your Health, Eliminate Medical Emergencies. We're talking with Dr. Carpenter, uh, an expert in wound care, uh, wound care management, wound medicine, and... um, as well as being a board-certified emergency physician. Dr. Carpenter is uh, located in the uh, Louisiana, uh, down in the New Orleans, Covington area. And we're talking about various uh, things that go on with wounds uh, associated in part with the diabetes, which according to the 2014 National Diabetic Statistics Report, 29.1 million of us in the United States suffer from diabetes, um, a a disease that uh, can be slow, can be fast, can be a lot of things, but uh, most importantly, it can, in fact, and what we're talking about here is cause uh, what Dr. Carpenter calls the uh, chronic wounds that are slow and painful or slow and slow, slow to heal. Um, before we get started again, though, I'd like to take just a minute to recognize our sponsors, uh, our platinum sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, uh, Secure Components, LLC, and our bronze sponsors, C-Trends, Supply Chain Specialist, Concord Components, another distributor of supplies in the uh, electronics and hardware world, an aircraft airworthiness and sustainment conference down in Australia, Brisbane and Brisbane, Australia, to be exact. Um, just before we took a break, we I was uh, commenting. Uh, Dr. Carpenter had uh, you had actually talked about the frog in the pot and slowly allowing himself to be cooked, and I was kind of referring to that as my approach towards exercise. Uh, something I need, know I need to do, but uh, don't get there too quickly. And I suspect that's a, a statement that many of us can still can still talk about today in uh, today's society. I am curious. You mentioned the various uh, areas around the world, actually, that uh, diabetes tends to be higher in, other than the food. Um, is that the primary uh, difference in the areas, or is there any, uh, anything else that uh, is related to 
the increases in diabetes in certain areas? Well, there's a genetic predisposition as well. Um, you know, it's a multifactorial disease. Um, you know, really diet, uh, exercise habits, um, genetic uh, predisposition, um, you know, it's all factored in. And so, um, you know, they're still doing a lot of research to figure out who's at risk for diabetes. Um, it'd be nice if you could just take a, uh, a whiz test, like a pregnancy test or something of that nature where you just check your uh, urine and uh, when, you're, when you're born and, you know, lo and behold, you know, you're, you're going to get diabetes by the time you're 35 or something like that. We don't have those kind of predictive tests yet. Um, uh, cheek swabs, genetic swabs, and so forth can detect certain types of genetic disorders, but uh, right now we're not able to accurately predict exactly who's going to get diabetes, but um, there are a lot of risk factors to look for, um, family prevalence being one of them, and and then, of course, uh, you know, people who uh, maintain a, a standard American diet of fast food and um, uh, high, high simple, co- simple carbohydrate diet. Uh, uh, foods, I mean, are clearly at more risk to develop diabetes. Mm. So I can't blame it on heavy metals at this point or uh, or uh, counterfeit <laughs> materials, which is part of my uh, past background. But I, nope. but I <laughs> can't do that, huh? Nope. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, nice try on my part anyway. Um, let's see. You particularly are known for your work, and you had commented on wound medicine versus wound care, uh, distinguishing wound medicine perhaps as being something a bit different. I was wondering if uh, you could uh, elaborate on that, and um, at the risk of being a little over-technical, perhaps uh, share with with the audience what what is really the difference. If Maybe put it in this context. If I go to my doctor and start talking to them, how do I really comprehend whether they understand wound medicine from the standpoint of helping me heal or just treating my wound? Is that a fair question? Well, it is. Um, You know, wound care is something for many, many years was just characterized by putting a dressing on, on a wound. Uh, and there were a lot of different types of dressings um, uh, you know, way back when uh, you know surgeons learned that uh, uh, wet to dry gauze was uh, the dressing of choice and, and that's back when before we had any advanced wound healing modalities or treatment therapies um, you know you, you hear a lot of people uh, back in the old days would use uh, sugar concoctions and and um, they would rub, bust, uh, you know, salt in the wounds is something that is a, is a phrase that, um, you know, people think of as something that's painful, but uh, also uh, there was uh, some evidence that salt would actually help heal wounds. Um, and back in the old uh, Greek days, they would use um, uh, silver salts uh, to treat wounds and they would, uh, they would scrape uh, silver particles and, and metallic salts uh, off of spearheads into wounds. Um, you know, they've, people have used uh, uh, honey, Manuka honey specifically in New Zealand for wounds, but they didn't really understand the mechanism. They didn't understand what they were treating. They just 
had sort of a concoction. Uh, they would put on a wound and then uh, some wounds would get better. And, and so therefore they would attribute the wound healing to whatever concoction or whatever ointment they put on the wound. And so um, since, since uh, a lot of people don't have diabetes and don't have a reason not to heal, um, you know, people get ideas about what helps heal a wound and what doesn't. And, and based upon their limited experience, well, you know, I put this ointment on three people and, and all three healed. Well, those three people might have healed anyway. All right. Despite the fact that you were putting something in the wound that was trying to prevent it from healing. Uh, the body wants to heal. It's got powerful healing mechanisms. Um, but true chronic wounds that, um, that won't heal without advanced therapies, you know, that's really what we're facing now uh, with so many comorbidities uh, in the American uh, culture. You've got, you got to fight the diet. You got to fight smoking, uh, genetic predisposition, noncompliance. Um, you know, if someone has a, a wound on the bottom of their foot and you tell them if you walk on your foot, the wound is going to get worse and you're going to get amputation. Um, there's no amount of advanced therapy that can beat, uh, stubbornness. Um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a phrase in medicine that not many doctors will actually say, but, uh, I've heard it. I'm not going to say whether I've said it before, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that phrase is you can't fix stupid. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I, I think I think I've had at least one doctor tell me that. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, it, that that could sound uh, rather harsh coming from a doctor. Uh, uh, and, and doctors don't really say that to patients. But you know, the idea being that if there's a clear path to healing and the patient won't follow it, um, it really should the phrase should be "you can't fix stubbornness." Um, because uh, I don't think it's a matter of intelligence. There's some very intelligent people who uh, are stubborn and, and, and won't do what it takes to heal a wound. Um, but oftentimes, you know, those are the wounds that are in diabetics that because they can't feel it, they can't, it, it doesn't hurt. It, it's numb. Um, there is no um, uh, screaming pain that causes them to rush to the doctor and, and get it fixed. Um, if, if someone without diabetes suddenly had a, a diabetic foot ulcer with the full sensation, uh, it would hurt so bad they would they would run to the doctor or go to the emergency room and call 911. But because diabet diabetics can't feel it, it's numb and they've been there for a year or two and it's no big deal and it's not interfering with their life, um, you know, they just uh, kind of ignore it. And so uh, learn to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's just a lot of factors, but, uh, you know, getting a patient to really understand the importance of being compliant with advanced wound medicine. Um, you know, we, the reason why the medical system is willing to spend, uh, high dollars on advanced therapies is to get these patients healed as fast as possible, uh, so that they don't end up with an amputation because amputations end up being very expensive. That's the most expensive outcome usually for a diabetic. Um, by the time you have the expensive surgery and then you have to get a prosthetic leg and then you have to go through rehabilitation and then all the problems you can have with that prosthetic leg and falls and emergency room visits and so forth. Um, advanced wound medicine is, is meant to heal wounds as fast as possible using the most advanced uh, technology available as opposed to, um, you know, rubbing sugar in a wound or 
for putting just a, a basic uh, triple antibiotic ointment, you know, things that you can just buy uh, at your local drugstore. Um, you know, so there's uh, wound medicine entails diagnosing the wound. Why do you have it? What are the factors that are causing it? And then directing your therapies towards that uh, uh, treating those causes. And, um, and that's really the difference between just wound care and putting something on it and hoping it works an ointment or a dressing versus targeting those uh, advanced therapies to heal the wound. Oh, very good. You know, I, I hate to say this, but we are once again, uh, you know, an hour goes by extremely fast on the show, and we are at that point where I, uh, I'm forced to, to thank you again for your time and look forward to uh, talking with you again next month. Um, perhaps our audience will uh, send us some emails and let us know uh, what they'd like to hear about in the medical world of uh, wound care, wound, wound treatment, and other things that uh, we might be able to get the doctor to talk about. Thanks for having me, Stan. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time, Dr. Carpenter. Once again, we're at that point in the show where it's time to say uh, farewell until next week. Today's show is brought to you by our platinum sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. Secure Components, LLC, our bronze sponsors, C-Trend, Supply Chain Specialist, and Concord Components, Distribution, and Supply Chain Management, and our Aircraft, Airworthiness, and Sustainment Conference Group down in Australia. That's a group of folks that spend uh, a fair bit of time and energy making sure that the aircraft that we fly around and the uh, naval vessels that are used are up to snuff and uh, safe for those that that uh, have to rely on them. People to People, Working Together for Your Safety is dedicated to bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. If you have a question, agree or disagree with the information we are sharing, send me an email with your comments. You can send that to stan at stansalot.com. You can also find us on Twitter at StanSalotJR, that's StanSalotJR for Junior, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors. It is also uh, a point where I, I need to recognize the good folks at Voice America who actually broadcast the show. Brandy Jackson is our general manager. Robert Cellino is our executive producer. Randy Jackman is our production manager. And Jeffrey Gerstel is our director of host services. From people to people, Christina Clark, people to people administration coordinator, and Yulia Coach, branding and people, uh, coach branding and people to people production manager. As we sign off today, I want to once again thank you for joining me on People to People, working together for your safety. And remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeiting of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Salat, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. 
Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. 